What's up everybody? This is your boy Eddie with Flex Machine Tools and welcome to this episode of Flex and Friends, our video cast and podcast experience where I get to sit down with, chat with, hang out with and pick the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate and profound thought leaders and we're talking about everything, you guessed it, the manufacturing and trades environment. So today I've got myself a little bit of a content creator, a lady in the trades. So without further ado, we're going to bring on this she-gangster, our good friend, Shannon. You can call her Lady Volts. Let's bring her on in. All right, Shannon, it is absolutely official. You are in the Flex and Friends platform. First and foremost, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. That that was quite the introduction. Way to get me pumped up for the, the chat today. I am doing fabulous. Heck and yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, that, that is the way we roll. And it is a good day to have a good day and to talk about not only trades, but talk about your experience, a couple of cool things that you got going on. And I know people did not show up to listen to me. So let's let's turn the mic, pass it off to you, if you will. We need to get to know you personally and professionally. So let's just dive right in. What do you have for us? Well, who am I personally? Um, just a girl, you know, trying to make my way through life like everybody else. You know, we are human and um, and enjoy the simple things of life. I love the outdoors, camping, kayaking, get me on the water in front of a beach. I'm like the happiest person that can be. And then professionally, we all have several hats. So I'm on a professional note, I guess originally I'm a child youth worker. You know, I did the traditional school route and became a child youth worker, turned electrical apprentice. And I guess, you know, what brings me here today and a little bit of a skilled trades advocate, a bit of a speaker, sometimes a bit of an author. So a person of many hats. Um, but yeah, that's that's who I am. Man, many hats indeed. And as a hat guy, because I'm follically challenged, as some would say, um, I, I'm all about it. And, and I love that you have this multifaceted approach to just who you are and what you do. And that's exactly why we're here to dive into it. So thanks for the little bit of insight on who you are personally and professionally. And as we kind of mold things out, one thing I really love to know about individuals and just really love drawing out of them is their passion, because I think it says so much about it. So Shannon, dump your passions out. Tell us everything. Um, I think like over the years, I've really learned what's, what I find passion is just education. Like for me, I've gone through a lot of different roles where I've had the opportunity to see people grow, see people learn, see people really change their lives. Um, and so that, that, you know, that little spark, those moments that people have to be able to be part of that, it's life changing. And, and, you know, that is what's really passionate about, or for me is people and, and growth and change. And, you know, um, of course, I love the skilled trades. Uh, that's what kind of brings me here today to talk to you um, about my life. And, you know, the passions that I have found in the skilled trades, you know, they've changed my life. You know, not only on, you know, we all need jobs. That's the sad thing of life. We all need to go to work. So, you know, it's mm -hmm. for my bank account, for my pocket. It's been great. But on a personal note, you know, there's so many different things that the skilled trades has done for me, it's helped build my confidence. It's helped build my self-esteem. It's helped, you know, give me some skills that I can, you know, go home and do some stuff around the house. You know, the skilled trades has brought me lots of things. So I'm, I'm passionate about so many things, but um, education, change, growth of people is what kind of makes me keep ticking. 
I hear the word people a decent amount. And for, for someone who's all about, you know, Lady Volts and the energy, I feel like you not only give that energy out, but you receive it from others. And man, I, I just think it's so cool. You're a little pissed on. I dig it. And then with that being said, um, to the trades, obviously a big part of your life and you're clearly passionate about it. And obviously, you know, in our previous conversations, you've got a lot of experience there and it's brought you a lot of value, even more so than I think you could probably even properly describe in one episode. But that being said, I'd love to know your journey into there because you said you started as like a social worker or something along those lines guide us through that i'm super curious well like you said originally went to school um, for social work child and youth work people you know helping them take um their lives changing their lives one of my favorite jobs is working at a shelter for homeless youth you know you really get to see like i said people change their lives um you know there you get the opportunity to see some mental health and so this is where my passion for people really started but the sad thing about some of those jobs is they're not really jobs that allow you to thrive you just kind of survive you know living in a single income here in the gta the greater toronto area slowly go into debt you know month after month because that you know, job I'm so passionate about doesn't pay enough to keep you off the streets. So I had to start looking at other alternatives. And sadly, at the time, it was my college job. I worked at like a financial institution. This turned into my permanent home for like a decade. And after a decade of working in the same industry, I only made about $41,000 a year. So that's about like $20 an hour. It's really hard, again, to survive. You know, I'm just, you know, going, getting by each month. I needed something different. And so now I'm like 29 years of age. I realize I still have 30 years of employment in front of me. Like you spend way more time at work than you do at home. And I needed a change. So I started looking at different options. And at about the same time, my best friend, Matt, he bought a home, he bought a house. Um, he's, he's pretty he's rash. He makes quick decisions and he wanted to pull out his kitchen. And I was like, you're crazy, man. That's a like day two. You want to pull out your kitchen? And we did. And that turned into, you know, kitchen. We finished two bathrooms, renovated a basement. And it was through that experience of actually trying it that I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I, I think I could do this for an eight hour shift, enjoy myself because that confidence that built, like talk to a skilled trades worker, a construction worker, their favorite thing to say is like, I built that. Like it felt, feels so good to be, you know, the pride yeah. you get from building something. And so, you know, I started looking at options. Um, I found a program here in Hamilton, Ontario for women to get them into the skilled trades. Um, and I knew I needed something better on my resume than child and youth work because that screamed women. So I applied to the program, went through the program, um, and I'm still an apprentice. It's kind of why I'm still passionate about education is because, you know, I'm, I'm still very new in my journey, but, you know, all of my other experiences has made me, you know, I'd say more professional on the experience of education, you know, and how important it is. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, I don't consider myself an expert skilled trades worker by any means, but I consider myself a student and uh, a good teacher at explaining the process to other people to help encourage other people that this is also an option. That's huge because you know that someone or something along the way did that for you and will continue to do that for you. So for you to continue that on, that's just, I think that speaks to a real high magnitude to your character. And then, so that's a really interesting journey and talk about taking risk. That's scary stuff. But if I know anything about you, I know I don't know everything, but if I know anything, you're a bold chick. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. I think for you to get great rewards, sometimes you have to take big, you know, risks, um, okay. you know, and starting over at 30 at minimum wage, because let's, you know, the skilled trades doesn't necessarily start you off at a great starting wage is really hard. And mm -hmm. so I knew that there was, you know, good things to come and you have to sometimes take risks 
for big reward. Sure, sure. So tie, tying it in a little bit, um, you, you told us where you were, how you kind of got here. So let's maybe take a quick look at where we are now and what you're doing within the trades. Can you give us just a little bit of that flavor, if you will? Well, I'm a unionized employee with the IBEW, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. So if, if people understand unions in this conversation, just kind of, you know, tune out for a second. But, you know, as a unionized worker, sometimes I'm working, sometimes I mean, none. is there, you know, a, is there work available in my union? Um, and currently there is not. Um, so I am not working, which means I, I check the books every day to see if there's any calls. In the meantime, I take on, you know, you can see behind me, you know, home projects where, you know, you can start renovating and doing different things at home. And it gives me time to do the advocacy stuff I love so much to take like that child and youth worker that I once was and combine it with my passion for, you know, the trades and what, you know, what it's given me and then hopefully pass it on to others. And so I do a little bit of both. I'm, I'm looking for writing for work. And then while I'm doing that, you know, doing my advocacy and talking to people, um, trying to encourage, you know, not just women, but young people everywhere that it's a, it's a good option. It's an option. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And I, th I think there's definitely a shift in conversation um, because after really that consistent conversation of all those years where you need to go to a four year degree for you to make anything of yourself, all those individuals are kind of cycling and be like, hmm, I don't know if that was 100 percent true. And so to that point, a bigger uphill battle than just the younger generation is we can't have this conversation, Shannon, without talking about women in the trades. And so let's just let's just go fight the elephant in the room. And let's talk about it. Women in the trade, there are stigmas. I'm not even going to dive into them. You're going to. What do you got for us? Well, I, I think I think it's starting to change. You know, there's obviously old right. school mentality. There's still that, you know, mentality that women don't belong there, that we're not capable or able of doing that job. And, you know, I'm not – I. There are times when I physically can't do stuff. I'm not going to lie here and say, like, I am the strongest person into the, in the room. You know, and there are times when I can't do things. I have to look at a situation and I have to look at it a little bit more smarter and not harder. And I think some of the bigger stigmas, you know, I've been talking, it's, it's been part of my conversations with people, is that hard work, physical hard work equals dollar value. That, that that's the only thing on a construction site that's worth hard value. So they don't see maybe necessarily I belong there because sometimes they have to step up and maybe do something I can't. Mm -hmm. But there's times when I have to step up and do things that you physically can't either. The, the benefit on my end is it's normally a small area you can't get into. So now you're asking the smaller, more petite person to do the, the job that you can't but it's translated on a construction site. And this is a conversation I had with my boyfriend recently. So I'm quite heated because he's an electrical person as well. You he lay it out, girl, lay it out. Hard work and physical strength equal dollar value. And there's other challenges that a person has to deal with on a construction site. Mm -hmm. I have to work harder every day because I'm smaller. So like you have to work harder once in a blue moon. So your physical strength, you know, it's, it's how you perceive it. And I want people to see that, you know, there's other challenges that, you know, go into a work that are valued into dollar amount. You know, women are often laid off more. We're often having to deal with inappropriate situations sometimes on a construction site. There's, there's times I've been talking to women, they don't even realize they've been sexually, you know, harassed because it's become such a norm. So, you know, is there not any consideration or 
for that on the workplace that I have to deal with a different kind of culture than maybe you have to. So I'm just kind of right now a little sick and tired of hearing that hard physical work equals dollar value because we know it takes an awful lot of mental strength to take on those leadership roles. It takes a lot of mental strength to take on, you know, planning and executing all those different things. It's not just physical labor that equals dollar value. Sure. No, these, these are valid points and, and you're just calling it all out. Shannon and I think that it's nothing short of gangster of you for doing so. And so to that point, because I'll tell my kids the same thing, we can complain and we can address the problems, but if we're going to be leaders, we need to focus on how we can get solutions to these problems. Cause if not, then we're just whiners. So Shannon, right. could you help us be a leader? How do we address it for those who just literally don't have a clue how to? Well, and this is the thing we're, we're dealing with is people are conditioned. It's hard to change people, you know, as they are in an adult form. We really need sure. to start talking to the younger generation. It's we're not going to change tomorrow. Change takes time. We have to start younger. And so we got to start, you know, changing the mindsets of young people in like elementary school. You know, I've got a nephew at home or my nephew who um, he, 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 I'm the only construction worker by trade in the family. I've got some skilled men for sure, you know, do home stuff, but I'm the only one that does it for a day-to-day job. And when things break and Shannon's around, he doesn't even necessarily come to me because he's so conditioned that it's a boy's job. You know, it's a boy's job to cut the grass. It's a boy's job to fix things. And, you know, he, he knows that Auntie Shannon's got tools and he know he loves Auntie Shannon's tools, but because he goes to school and he's dealing with these other little people that have these other conditions he all that work that you you try to establish you know at a you know a young age between before they go to elementary school starts to get washed away so we need to continue to establish these or continue the condition because that's what we're doing condition young people of equality and we're not equal we're not equal but we deserve equality because you know Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. You know, everybody, whether it's a physical strength or a mental strength, we are not built the same, but we all deserve equality. And we need to start talking to people at a younger age about that, um, you know, and talk, start talking about how there are different strengths that are, and how they are valued. Okay. okay. Now, now, valid stuff for stuff sure. sure. Why is it important? And which I know this is a super loaded question, but I'm just curious in your perspective, why is it so important that we change the conversation and that we do exactly what you had just said. I think it's so important because if we really want that change, you know, we talk about, we want more women in the skilled trades, you know, and I often, I I refer to this book I once read about, um, it was was called half the sky. It talks about women's oppression around the world and how, you know, in some countries, there's countries where women still stay at home. They don't go to work. And if you compare IQ, which that is to some sort of resource like lumber or oil iq is a resource you're leaving half of your country's resources of iq at home and you're not benefiting your country so the same thing goes for construction and you know to combat a country you have to change you have to start young you cannot you know think you're going to start in the middle of the call like middle aged and be able to change everybody on both sides everybody has to be on board and we really need to start changing the mindsets of the young people because that's going to start to you know pay it forward into the future um we can't make change overnight um and and it's so important if we really you know we keep this during covid we've been talking about mental health diversity inclusion these are all things that have been really talked about you can't change that by just talking. You got to make real change with young people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is true. This is true. And there are so many ways. I think I would argue there are more ways now to reach that generation than there ever have been before. So the excuses are, are minimal, but yeah. some people talk about it and other people, they're going to be about it. And I think you are definitely one of those individuals because you're out there putting out content and also tell us about your book. Don't think we're going to go through this conversation and you're not going to be able to talk about it. So feed us. Well, like to go back to that education piece, you know, um, I'm writing a children's book. You know, we need to start really, I mean, really young before the first thing we do with little children is we read them books before they can even talk. They're like babies. You're like so excited to read in this children's book. Well, Mm -hmm. let's start reading them positive, you know, messages that send them the, the, the image and the message that we want. And so I've been like playing with some of the limericks and rhymes that, you know, are familiar to me as a child and so for example you know i'm a little teapot i know i used to sing that as a little girl you know so why don't we change that around a little bit and i rewrote it to say you know i'm a little female brave and bold here's my hammer here's my drill when i hear the men doubt hear me shout look out boys i'll figure it out and like this sends an completely different message than i'm long in the kitchen to make a pot of tea for you Right. And so I, I like want to start instilling in little, little <laughs> children that you can do it, boys and girls, because we're just young people don't pick up tools anymore. Young people don't do hands on stuff anymore. They just play on this device and they think that this is this is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think his education is so key is that you need to, you know, get your children involved when they start picking up things at home and start doing things themselves. They start realizing that, you know, they enjoy these things. It was only when my friend bought that house and started renovating that I was like, I like this. And so we, we need to get children involved in some of my favorite messages that I get. Cause of course people send me little things is when I get like a mess, a father sending me a message about his daughter and how like there was one that was about Christmas. And he said, I, we got her a dollhouse, Barbie house. And instead of just building it, by myself for her i included her in the process and i like my heart like i get little goosebumps thinking about it. my heart melts thinking about that because that memory will be stuck with that daughter forever truth be told that's a huge daddy daughter moment right and now she's got some basic skills confidence confidence is built by competence by doing the same thing over and over again until you are able to do that you know it starts with a sippy cup when we're a little kid we put it to our mouth we fail 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 the moment we're successful we build a little bit of confidence and that's why i love the skilled trades because like every day you go to work you're paid to do something sometimes you don't know what you're doing right it's a new task you gotta fail 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 until you're successful and at the end of the day you go home feeling so proud a little bit more confident and it helps build that kind of self-esteem you know and confidence that i think people are, are lacking in, in today's day. Mm-hmm. A cadence of confidence. I love it because it makes complete sense with, with really almost anything in the world. And, and it's awesome how you can relate that to your specific story. And, and with me being a, a dad of, of two beautiful little girls and having built, you know, the dollhouse, you know, they still use to this day, that that's a really profound example. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that because that, that's got to be so heartwarming. And, and, and knowing what educational landscape exists today, because you went from one career to another. So you got to see the resources that were available, the training training that's available. So when it comes to how individuals in the skilled trades are accessing that education and finding these opportunities, what does that what does that environment look like? And how how is that specifically for you? And I guess more so, um, how is that 
I guess, what does it look like now for individuals who are entering the trades and going through that educational process like you did and you are? Well, like, I think like what the biggest part, and I go back to education is in high school, people don't even understand what the apprenticeship process is. And the apprenticeship process is the opportunity to get an education, a piece of paper from a schooling school, like like a college or university, because you do have to go to school, but it's also the opportunity to not go into debt and build and, you know, work work towards um, a goal by building your skills. And so people are, are very confused about the apprenticeship process, which keeps them back from, from doing it. it. But it keeps people out of debt. And so, you know, the educational landscape or the, you know, environment for the skilled trades is set up for success. It's set up for an individual to get a job, to learn those hands-on skills, to get paid while you're doing it, not go into debt. And at the end, you get a piece of paper, a piece of paper that says that you can now become, you know, whatever it might be, a journey person in your trade, an electrician or a plumber. And the thing I love about um, the trades, and I talk to young people a lot about this, when you're considering an education, when you're considering college or university, most people at the end of that get a piece of paper. What can that piece of paper get you? Well, a job. But is it a barrier entry to a job? So there are some jobs out there, like doctors, teachers, um, these kinds of jobs, you need to go to school. You need to have a piece of paper that's a barrier to entry. But as a child and youth worker, when I went to school for my fancy little piece of paper and I started applying for jobs, I was applying and competing with other pieces of paper social service workers, public service workers, psychiatry majors, psychology majors, TAs, EAs, people with years of experience, and the list goes on. Like, so when I'm applying for jobs, I'm not really competing with a piece of paper anymore. I'm competing with a resume and experience. Education has lost value because every person has that. Employers now look at you and go, we need to pay this person more because they have a student debt that they have to pay off. And so taking the apprenticeship process, you're not getting the debt but you're getting the education and you're able to get a piece of paper that you're allowed to go and say only i or somebody else with this same equivalent piece of paper can do this job it's a barrier to entry it makes you get paid more for your job it makes it harder for other people to apply it's not like bob the contractor can today just decide to be an electrician you know and so it's it's one of my you know things i talk most to about young people when you're looking at an education what can that piece of paper really get you? And is it a barrier to entry? Because maybe it's not necessary to get the job you want. This is that's very profound, very much so. Um, and, and I hear you and I resonate because um, you, you talk about, you know, the, the devaluing, if you will, or the lack of luster anymore, because now everybody does have that. And I personally only have a two year degree because I, I was told, hey, you got to get a four year. And I was in the middle of my four year. And I'm thinking, I'm going into marketing. Why in the world do I need to know quantitative physics? Why do I need to know uh, life biology in the upper level? Like, wh- what? And they were, they were not cheap classes. So I'm going to get off my soapbox, but it's so relevant that you say that because there are some degrees that just require that education. But like, a, you know, but there are others where you're thinking, man, where in the world is that going to take you? And so I'm trying to, with my children, as you are obviously with the masses, trying to change that conversation. And, and I guess as we progress that idea of education even further and the opportunities, because they're clearly out there and there are clearly many pathways from what you're telling us, why is it so important that we really ensure to properly educate the next generation like why is that so important to you well i i think we are losing 
interest in skilled trades. I don't think there's right now a demand in skilled trades workers because obviously I'd be working. So I think there's a demand in cheap labor. There's like, you know, there that's a very big yeah. difference. There's a big difference between skilled trades and cheap labor. And yep. so um, I think it's really important that we educate the next generation um, so that we can actually get skilled trades workers, you know, coming out of Canada. There are people that are interested, that are that are wanting to work um, so that we can make change that we keep talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a big thing, which one that that was that was fantastic and I, and I love how you just really you just call it as it is and that's why i like you <laughs> but, but to that um another thing that we don't talk a lot a lot about on the show that you mention a lot and then and you having kind of your background in that social work you've mentioned multiple times in this conversation the importance of mental health so i want to be kind of cliche and ask you why in the world that matters well, for me, it's really important personally, because like on a personal note, I'm very open. I, I've struggled with my own mental health, some depression, some anxiety, like I'm far from the most normal person, um, you know, and, and going through this, you know, child and youth program, I've seen a lot of people, you know, struggle. And, you know, I, not everybody is handed the same deck of cards. It's something that, you know, I really like been talking to people about recently that, you know, no matter how you play the game of life, you know, you could, you know, people think you work really hard, you're going to be successful. You know, sometimes people are just handed, you know, bad cards. Sometimes, you know, who they are, their chemistry, makeup, their whatever makes it more difficult. And so we need to have understanding of that. We are all human, right? And so we need to be more understanding, compassionate. And why I'm so passionate about that now and, and currently is also because I work in a industry and where the culture is not of that of understanding and it's it's still the tough love you know it's still you know be the strongest guy is going to get the the meanest guy is going to get the most results and it you know that to me as a person who comes from business kills me because i'm like listen that person you just you think yelling at them is going to get them motivated to go work they're going to now go and talk about how bob the boss just you know yelled at them for an hour and waste an hour of your time it's not effective right and so i think in an industry where the culture is it needs to change it needs to adapt it needs to grow um to more understanding of people it makes me even more passionate about it because you know i got to go to work every day in this and i i want to see people thrive i want to see people you know be able to be themselves i want to see the understanding piece um and so that's why you know so important to me and um sadly it's just not a big topic in construction sure sure which which i understand i don't agree with it but i but i definitely understand it and only to a fraction in, in, in the nature of which you do and so telling us kind of why it matters that completely makes sense and with you having your own personal struggles in the past um how would you recommend somebody who's struggling now or or maybe has or or maybe let's just say they're in the thick of it how can they be more aware of what's going on internally? What type of reflection? Did you do anything specifically that just worked really well for you? Well, that's where I'm like most grateful for my child and youth work. Like I think the three-year program, ah. like a exploratory course of myself, I really, you know, got to understand maybe some of, you know, my uniqueness instead of, you know, taking it personally because, you know, and the sad part is, you know, even as an educated person, getting yourself into a healthy 
place can be difficult, you know, so those people out there without those resources, you know, um, please, you know, when, when you're in those low places, the best thing you can do for yourself is, you know, self-care, the basics, exercise, water, food and diet, sleep, you know, just to try to get you back on a good cycle, rely on your support systems. It's really hard to, you know, it's really hard to get through those moments when you're by yourself. So, you know, try to be aware my, you know, my a little bit down right now, take those personal days. You know, sometimes you have to pause and realize I have to take care of myself so that I may take care of others. Um, you know, self reflection is, is huge meditation, you know, to calm the brain has really helped me. Um, although I'm still <laughs> not perfect. You, you've got to like practice these things, like anything that are practice. And what I love, one of the things I loved about, about construction and, is, is stay active. You know, if you've got a, any sort of kind of struggles, right? You go to a doctor, a good doctor is gonna ask you before he puts you on a pill, cause I think that's like, you know, the biggest drug dealers in the world are our doctors. Yep. The, yeah, so the best thing, best doctor is gonna ask you is do you exercise? And what do construction workers do every day? Whether or not they want to, they're doing some form of exercise and oh, they're yeah. benefiting their mental health. And so um, that's one of the things, you know, for me, that's been a huge change is going from a 40 hour work week behind a desk compared to exercising. It's changed, you know, some of my mental health. And, and so remember, you know, getting extra, getting moving is, is huge for you. Mm -hmm. When I can't exercise or I'm, I don't move for just a couple of days, like move as in, you know, AKA exercise, yeah. it messes with me so much. Like I get somewhat crabby and like, I'm not a frustrated, anxious person, but, uh, but man, so I could not resonate more. And I, and I know sometimes they say breakups make bodybuilders, but you've heard a lot of times, you know, but it helps the people a lot. And that's a silly phrase, if you will. Uh, but, but to the extent it, it, it further proves your point. And then you mentioned that there, there are some outlets, there are some, some resources that individuals have and, and, I don't want to go too much into this specifically, but if there are any resources that truly, truly helped you, what's, what are some of those things that other individuals can look at when they need it the most? Well, I, I reaching out to your support systems. Sometimes in those moments, it's really hard because you, it's, you know, you feel like you don't deserve it. That's the, the, the you don't deserve the compassion and care from other people. And, and sometimes you have to dig deep, you know, other resources can cost money like counseling services. And so for me, I'm always about trying to find the cheapest and easiest way to get yourself back into, you know, a good mindset and that's the things like getting outdoors sunshine vitamin d it does wonders you know exercise you know, keep your body moving um there's of course lots of online resources that you can go to support programs and groups facebook groups reach out to me if you know if that's something that you know you need i'm i'm, I'm always open to chat um but you you, you got to take a little bit sometimes and dig deep to get out of those moments Right, right, which I can only imagine. And any times that it's, I've ever experienced that, I surround myself with as many humans as possible. I, I do feel like just like we draw from the sun and those other resources, the human beings and the batteries in my life have helped me when mine get low. And I, I do believe we release energies. We give and receive those. Yes. So same page. I love your perspective on that. And I also love and respect your vulnerability and being able to share that because I think that takes some strength and probably to you, it's a second nature, but I'm sure as you were going through this, it was probably really difficult to not only recognize it, but externalize it. Right. Well, and sometimes I needed some help. Like I was on, I'm going to celebrate today. Cause I'm on day 
18 day 18 no antidepressants i was on yeah. the five years people five years day 18 that there's some like withdrawal and crazy stuff that happens trying to get off those talk about doctors being the world's easiest drug dealer they're so easy to prescribe you a pill but the point is that some people need that sometimes so that's mm -hmm. not a bad thing and it took me a long time to be comfortable with that and so it took my sister to say to me once she goes shannon if you were diabetic would you if you were talking to your friend who's diabetic would you just say like you know try to combat that with you know some food you know just eat some no they they have an imbalance in their body they have to take insulin to correct that somebody who has depression has an imbalance in their body it's in their brain and so you don't feel bad about sometimes you need that to get yourself out right it, you need that help so don't be afraid to sometimes reaching out to a doctor as well um it's you know you don't doesn't need to be a forever choice right a forever thing um but it can help you in those really low moments as well true story true story amen and just kudos to you and your strength and as we lighten things up a little bit obviously yeah. in recognizing and super thanks for just being that vulnerable because i think that in itself is true strength but within the trades um since since so many of us are obviously not and we're kind of on the outside looking into your world uh would you mind highlighting kind of a really cool trend that you're seeing just within the trades you just want to give a quick shout out like wow this is happening and this is so cool um i i have been seeing though a big change in amongst some of the men amongst the trade so you know what is happening out there in the world is making its way into um you know the front lines and into the the work world workforce and you know i truly do believe change will also come with more women being on a construction site you need to kind of change one of the pieces of the environment you, you know just kind of talking doesn't necessarily change it so with more women will come change and so i'm seeing this i am seeing you know more acceptance more understanding more support of the sisters um and so that's really awesome to see truly truly and you're definitely a voice behind that and i think anytime you step on a job site with the a magnitude that you specifically do you prove that point day in and day out and but you can't do it by yourself right but for for those who are looking for more information and want to continue to be inspired by your story where can we keep up with and learn more about lady volts uh, you can find me anywhere at this point, um, social media of any sorts, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, all those kinds of things. Um, please do reach out to me if you feel like you want to chit chat about whether or not I get a lot of I have two calls today, just women who are interested to talk about how to get in the trade. So I'm totally open to you know chat about that or maybe you're struggling with a little mental health. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Life is not easy and you know it's especially not easy going at alone so you know i'm here for you guys um whatever it might be i, I try my best but yeah reach out and that's great stuff great stuff and super appreciative of you not only sharing your story with us but sharing your perspective on women within the trades great going on the education we are now aware that there are vast opportunities available to us so zero excuses and also the importance of our mental health i mean we've really covered a gambit in a wonderful array of conversation and i'm super thankful for you hanging out with us today so make sure you join us every thursday where we have a new episode of flex and friends also make sure you check us out after our live video cast as we will be launching every audio segment on google podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Audible. So, hey, we get that episode every single week, but we thank you so much. You all stay awesome. Hey, you stay flexing, and we will surely see you next time.